Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action remember to use our promo code believe to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts It's Bearcat Blitz time right here on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Russ Heltman, joined as always by my co-host, Dominic Goodman. Dominic, great to have you in, man. Back-to-back weeks, we start a Monday picking up the pieces as wherever you're listening to us. Give us a five-star review. Please uh, rate and review if you're on podcast platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, Talking Cats with Russ Heltman, you can give a thumbs up there as well. And subscribe on YouTube. I'm your All Bearcats reporter, Russ Heltman, allbearcats.com, the place to get all my UC coverage and uh, plenty of stuff on the game from Saturday, a 20-6 loss to Oklahoma. And he, of course, is Dominic Goodman, former UC wide receiver part of the team from 2005 to 2008 and this is bearcat blitz found wherever you get your podcast apple spotify google amazon plus on youtube as well dominic i'm going to kind of give the floor to you a little bit man your thoughts on this 20 to 6 loss the bearcats don't cover the final closing number some late money came in on uc to push it down to 13 and a half the oklahoma sooners were ended up favored by but 20 to six loss. It was kind of one of those weird losses where you felt like the team did a lot of great things in one side of the ball and then just completely undid them on the other side of the football. Yeah. You know, it was one of those games where it was pretty much defense did what they had to do. Um, they got them off the field when they needed to, um, got a turnover in the, in the first quarter and just, uh, to get the offense back out there. Offense had won the possession time. Um, it was just one of those things, like you said, it was kind of weird because no matter what in the game, UC had a chance. Right. Um, so it was just, when I look at the stats, it was more just of um, the third down efficiencies and the fourth down efficiencies. Um, Oklahoma won every each battle of them. Um, but um, UC was one for four, fourth down, and a lot of them downs was key downs where – we need a touchdown or a field goal or something just to keep it going. And it was just, I think, one of those games where Oklahoma just came out firing and it was just one of those things I felt like Emory was never comfortable in the pocket. Uh, Oklahoma did a good job disguising their stunts, their blitzes, and their coverages. And when you, as a quarterback, when you getting overwhelmed with pressure, you're not really looking at your progressions anymore. You're more looking at the line and seeing if I need to take off and, and run around. And I think that's what kind of happened in the game. And a lot of throws was late. Um, so it caused a lot of things with the 
miscommunication on offense. So I just felt like offense was just kind of in a, in a uh, chaos mode kind of way, just kind of just fluttered with the defense. But the, to me, defenses gave you um, see a chance to win the game, and it was opportunities, you know. They were there. They were definitely there. UC goes four of 19, Dominic, on third and fourth down in this contest. One for four, as you mentioned, on third or on fourth down. The execution just was not there all afternoon long. They couldn't get it done in the red zone once again. You have uh, a missed kick in the red zone at one point, which would cut complimented on the I think on the next drive UC had where they hit a 54 yard career long from Carter Brown to kind of keep it. In striking distance, as you mentioned, they were in this game throughout. It was never more than a two-touchdown lead. It was never more than a two-possession difference in this one. But the real big difference for me was just that overall defensive talent for Oklahoma up against the UC offense, Dominic, that you and I have praised and been impressed by with how well they've gelled and looked so far in this 2023 season. But I think that might have been buoyed up a bit by a performance against Pitt that, as the weeks go on, looks less and less impressive. The Panthers are 1-3 and three overall. They're arguably one of the 15 worst power conference teams in the country right now, which is an argument that the Athletic is making the Bearcats as a part of, ranking them ninth worst among power conference teams coming off of this weekend, the Athletic did. The worst team they are now ranked in the Big 12 in that metric, or not metric, it's just a kind of subjective ranking there. And the, uh, as I mentioned, ninth worst power conference team in the entire nation, just ahead of Baylor, who they have on the schedule coming up. Domino do a little October look through to see kind of where this team should be feeling and, and, and thoughts kind of gauged for in terms of how they can perform over the next month or so. But when you look at this offense, just not good enough from Emory Jones. Not good enough at all. He has his worst graded game as a Bearcat, below 60 overall. He had, I think, a 53 passing grade out of 100. Overall raw statistics, 22 of 41, 235 yards, 5.7 yards per attempt with two interceptions, good for a 41.9 overall QBR. I believe that's the worst QBR, ESPN QBR. He's posted as a Bearcat as well in the face of one of the best defenses. I think we can call them that in the country, Dom. A top 10 unit. They are yet to give up more than, I think, 17 points all season long. It might not, it might even be less than that. It might be more than 11 points all season long. This defense, led by Danny Stutzman and the rest of that fast, quick, get-after-you pass rush from Oklahoma, really kind of null and voided Emory Jones's ability to use his legs. He did lead the team with 15 carries for 42 yards, but 2.8 yards per carry, just not going to get it done. And 141 rushing yards overall, Dom, we knew this offense – was going to have to stay on task, going to have to stay on schedule, and going to have to dominate the time of possession game with that rushing attack. And I don't think, I don't think the Bearcats wanted to throw the ball five more times than they ran it in a game where you and I mentioned, and they had to know time of possession was so so crucial to being able to pull off the upset if they were going to get that close. Yeah, you know, um, they they slowed it like they won a possession battle. That was the whole key of it. And from there, we go back to just executing and down in the red zone goal line where you gotta, you gotta come out with some points. Um, even with a missed field goal, that still adds up too. that's nine points right there. And a chance again, to win the ball game. Um, I just feel like it's just a lot of things that just need still need to be cleaned up. Um, um, and it's, we got to think about it once again, this is kind of like a new, new line. Um, 
and, and some new some new pieces. So they're still trying to come together and rally around each other. But it's just, like you said, that defense, man, that defense is flying around, making plays, um, always putting the rush putting the rush on the um, quarterback, and they just had a quarterback spot, just ready for Emory every time. So um, we can't – Oklahoma had a great game plan, and they executed. And um, and I just think offensively it's just going to be one of the things. Just got to get back in the lab and figure it out. I was very interested to see what the underlying pressure metrics, Dominic, would look like from this game because the, the raw stats don't do it justice, just how much fire Emory was under in this game. Only two sacks. I think there was only two additional quarterback hits, but that's largely because of his ability to escape the pocket and his ability to get the ball out, throw it away when he had to. Emory Jones in this game, Dominic, was under pressure 31 times. 31 times, according to PFF. Dom, I'm no rocket scientist, and I, I don't know if you are. I don't know if you're getting your rocket degree either, but 31 pressures on, what did he have, 45? about 50 dropbacks getting pressured 60 percent of the time that's just not going to work it's something that has to get fixed and it's something that you're going to face power conference level high powered beat you one-on-one the same kind of talent level as you defensive lines the rest of this season you cannot expect to have your quarterback drop back here we go 56 times and having pressure under 30 for 31 of those dropbacks and expect to win a football game when you're facing a team that's as talented offensively as the Oklahoma Sooners. The offensive line, Dom, it has to be much better, and the PFF grades bear that out when you think about, I'm pretty sure John Williams was the only offensive lineman that graded over a 60 overall, mm. and he was splitting time with Philip Wilder, man. So, yeah. I mean, a 60, yeah, I think he had like a 63 or a 64 overall, which Bearcats fans, to put it in context, that's out of 100. That's what you'd want your worst offensive line performance to usually be on a given Saturday, and he was their best offensive lineman in this one. And then kind of closing things up with the Bearcats offense, getting to the defensive side of the ball, you got great great performances largely across the board. 11 Bearcats graded 60 or better in this game on the defensive side of the football up against the number one EPA pass offense in the country, one of the fastest offenses in the country. It was like striking, Dom. I don't, I don't know if it was striking for you watching the game, but like the crowd would be so into it, the Bearcats defense would get a stop, and then before the crowd even had a chance to like calm back down and get into the flow of the next play, the ball was snapped by Oklahoma. It was just one play after another, rolling, rolling, rolling through uh, through play calls from Oklahoma. And to be able to hold them to 20 points after they had been averaging 55 per game and largely not really fluky at all, Dom. It wasn't like Oklahoma blew a bunch of red zone chances, dropped a bunch of passes. It was a nip-tuck type of game all, all, all night long. And the big reason the Bearcats had one of the better net success rates, we talked about that stat last week, how the Bearcats were the unluckiest team in the nation to lose last week to Miami. They were one of the more unlucky teams to not keep it closer than they did ultimately because of a wasted defensive performance by the offensive side of the football. Dante Corleone and company, they came to play in the Big 12 opener for sure. Yeah, they they applied pressure on that quarterback, slow down, uh, slow down the run, and um, DBs made tackles in space. It was pretty much like we let you get your bubbles and hitches off anything underneath. We just gonna rally around it, um, just like we talked about this uh, that bend don't break type of deal, and um, and that's what they did. Um, they gave, they played outstanding, put pressure on the quarterback. Um, they secure the tackles in space, which you got to do against a team like that. And also you got to get lined up because, like you said, 
they getting on the ball, ball snapped in 10 seconds. And, and that kind of brought us back some flashbacks when I played, when we played Brian Brom and them. I'm not Brian Brom, Sam Bradford. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and all them with Joe Mixon and all, well, DeMarco Murray and Gresham, all them guys. So they did the same thing. Um, but it's for the defense to be able to be in shape and be able to be lined up and still be calm under pressure, still make plays is – it's a big hats off to them. They played a played a terrific game. UC's first regular season game, Dominic, without a touchdown since the forty-two nothing beatdown at the hands of Ohio State in twenty nineteen. I believe it's the first time they haven't scored a touchdown at home since Tommy Tuberville's last game in twenty sixteen, and it was the only game this decade that they hadn't scored a touchdown overall, except for Alabama the 23 to six loss. I believe it was in the college football playoff. That trio of games is not a trio of games that Bearcats fans want to be thinking about very often. They're not going to want to be thinking about the end result of Saturday's contest very often, but we'll get into a raucous UC crowd. They brought a winning mentality to the stands. That's for sure. We'll touch on all that and look at the Bearcats outlook football wise for the month of October, an interesting big 12 slate Short slate coming up in the near future for UC. This is Bearcat Blitz. I'm Russ Elman. He's Dominic Goodman. We'll be right back after this. Bearcat Blitz continues right here on the Believe Network, wherever you're getting your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, all over the place. You can catch us on Talking Cats with Russ Heltman. I'm your all Bearcats reporter, Russ Heltman, and he is UC wide receiver Dominic Goodman. Dom, I made a great decision in the first half of Saturday's game. I decided to sit with a few of my buddies. They had an extra ticket over in, I think it was Section 207. Perfect seats, 50-yard line ready to roll in the entire atmosphere. And I was so thankful I did that because what a scene, what a crowd. That was one of the most electric crowds at a sporting event I've ever seen in my entire life. The sound on the field when the band ran out for the first time in the Big 12, that was amazing to see. Just your perspective and your thoughts on the game overall. I think you were, were you in the house in attendance on, on Saturday? Yeah, I was in the house. Um, I was with my pops. So we, we was watching, we got a chance to watch, you know, that's kind of what we've been doing since I was a kid. I've been going to games since since I was able to walk. So, you know, that's kind of our thing, going to them games. That's awesome. That's awesome. So just comparing that crowd to other crowds this decade, other crowds during this 14-game sellout streak, how did it compare for you? Did it feel any different? Did it feel any greater than, like, the 2021 AAC championship game. Can you notice it anything like that? Or was it just once you get that many people in Nippert, it's kind of it's kind of a drown out type of noise as it is. I just felt like it was it was that the atmosphere was rocking, man. It was like just because of Oklahoma, because you gotta understand Oklahoma, like they legendary college team, you know, and they come in here um, and you got Oklahoma fans across the country. So um, with that being said, for them to come there, you getting everybody coming to the games. Even having Fox Sports Network down there was big. Um, having that whole thing going on and just it was just big. It was a great atmosphere. It was exciting. Just 
just to have a team come in and 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 it was going to be a good game too as well. So it was just it was I don't know. I can't. It's hard to explain because it was just yeah. one of those things. Like if I put, I made me want to put on the pads and get going myself. Like when we was when the game was going, I'm like, cause I I got a little fade on me. If you need to fade, just call me <laughs> up. Throw the equipment. I I got one still in me, you know. But it was exciting, man. It was a great atmosphere, and I enjoyed it. Definitely an electric crowd on Saturday. 14th straight sellout. Just a beautiful day as well. Couldn't have asked for a better setting to open the Big 12 season. This is Bearcat Blitz. I'm your host, Russ Heltman, all Bearcats reporter. And he's former UC wide receiver, Dominic Goodman. All right, Dom. So, UC, the athletic a little bit lower on UC football than, than most places. When you look at the underlying metrics, ESPN, FBI, Right now, Cincinnati sitting at a 6.6 FBI rating that would rank them 39th nationally in the entire country and seventh overall in the Big 12 behind Texas Tech, TCU, UCF, Kansas State, and the top dogs in Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma, a team that is still firmly ranked second nationally in football power index metrics. So a 14-point loss at home to a team that was averaging 55.7 points per game. You cut them down to 20 in this one. You're still two and two though. I think I, I obviously I expected them to be two and two after the first month of the season. This is firmly where I had them and I've had them keeping it a little bit closer on Saturday than they ultimately end up ended up doing and uh, more points at that with a 33, 30 prediction. But Dom, where should fans be feeling right now about the team, about the program sitting at two and two with, power conference matchups the rest of the way here um, from the rest, the last weekend of September and beyond into October and November. Uh, I'll just say be patient. You know, it's one of them things like uh, when you, when you having like, that's what the thing going on with the transfer portal, you got that going on and got a lot of kids from transferring in and stuff like that. You really still got to build and jail at the same time. Um, And going against an opponent like Oklahoma and the caliber of game that was played is something that you can't be. You got a good defense. Um, offense gonna get it together. And will they figure it out? And and that's still promising, you know. Especially going against these teams coming up, you won't have to have a good defense. And offense gonna figure it out. Um, sometimes that's the thing about offense. Um, sometimes you ain't clicking. You just gotta figure out what we can and cannot do. Figure out your pieces and get everybody gelling. And once you figure that thing out, you start get rolling. Um, everything for sure is gonna happen. Just got to be patient with it and and just wait to see what happens. Two and two right now. When you look at the upcoming schedule for Cincinnati, it's it's not crazy, and it's it's a big reason why so many outlets had Cincinnati hitting their win total over with with the fact that it's just. Not a daunting schedule the rest of the way here. No ranked teams except for number 24, Kansas. They just got into the AP poll this past weekend after starting 4-0 on the year and getting the win over BYU, UC's opponent, this coming Friday. So the only ranked team left on your schedule is a home game against Kansas. You're a two-and-a-half point or three-point underdog right now to BYU. I know they open as a three-point underdog in this Friday's game at the, uh, the Cougars' house in Provo. And then you welcome in Iowa State a bad Iowa State team that is one or two and two this year and 52nd overall in FBI. You welcome in a Baylor team that is one and three this year, the worst team in FBI in the Big 12 
minus 2.2 rating there, 76th overall in the country with a one and three record down their starting quarterback for much of the season so far. And then you go to Oklahoma State, another game where they are, are favored on ESPN's FPI metric to win the football game, favored by FPI, Dom, in every single game over the next month. The Bearcats are expected to have an advantage in Oklahoma State, tying a bow there, 2-2 two and two overall, 63rd in football power index with a .3 rating. That's third worst in the Big 12. To me, Dom, to really start picking up some momentum on this season and to make sure – you're not seesawing back and forth along the lines of 500 record territory. It needs to be a three and one run, three and one record over the next month with three home games. You get an extra day of rest as well coming off of the BYU trip. That's easily the toughest, or should be two home games in the trip to Oklahoma State. But the BYU game upcoming, easily the toughest one out of the four, I would say. And I'm, I don't know if I'm expecting. But I think Bearcats fans in this Bearcats football team roster-wise and the coaching staff should expect a 3-1 and one record over the next month given the caliber of opponents you're about to face. Yeah, you know, like you said, and this, it's a chance to go 3-1. and one. Um, But at the same time, it's a chance to clean up a lot of things and, and um, fix things and correct things as well. Um, it's just going to be um, – kind of. I'm not going to sit out here and – and keep tooting their horn because every time I do, I get I get kind of proved, I get stepped back, get proved wrong. But at the same, I'm a Bearcat for life. Always love my team, always love my city. But um, sometimes you got to face reality uh, when you're struggling on offense like that. Um, you, you, this is the time where we got to really figure it out. And uh, and defense gonna keep doing what they're doing. And, and these the games are a winnable game. So. Um, with that being said, it's just to me, it's just, as long as the offense figure it out and they start executing and um, went, winning those um, fourth downs and third down efficiencies um, and scoring in the red zone, they're going to be smooth sailing from here. But um, that's just on what's, what's happened next, you know. Emory Jones, we know he's not a very accurate intermediate and short passer, and it completely falls off a cliff. The offense does when you go two of 10 passing on passes 15 plus yards downfield. If you're not going to be hitting the short stuff or the intermediate stuff and you aren't hitting the long stuff, I don't need to spell it out much more for the people right there. It kind of goes without saying you're going to have a tough day as an offense, an offense that went one for five on third downs of one to four yards, one for five. That's just got to get better. It's got to get better execution wise, and it's got to get better at the quarterback position. Emory Jones knows that he knows that this offense largely goes by way of his legs and his arm. And we'll see how it goes in Provo, Utah on Friday night, previewing that big clash right here on Bearcat Blitz throughout the entire late week episode. We'll be back with Dominic Goodman. I'm your host, Russ Heltman. This episode of Bearcat Blitz has been presented by Bet Online. Go there for all your sports betting needs. And of course, thank you to Bet Online for being one of our great sponsors on this show. This has been Bearcat Blitz on the Believe Network. Take a shot towards the end zone under the Packers. Trey Tucker to the end zone again.